the the place that they live in? Do they live in yeah. a ho- you mean uh, Robert De Niro and Sharon Stone? Do they, do they live in a yeah. casino? No, well, with the shag carpet and everything, and the stair the stairway. That's the house. That is the house, right? Yeah, yeah, that's their house. Which is, I mean, just the production design. I, no one told me this is my first watch so i mean what the fuck how did no one tell me this is like the craziest fashion movie i've ever seen i mean just well sharon stone alone like carries the fashion in this movie <laughs> de niro all of his suits yeah. all of his custom sure. colors like come on 70s fashion That's amazing true. i loved and it there, and there is a pretty good like necktie game with all the guys <laughs> All the guys. Like all, all the, the guys. All the patterns and all the colors. I fucking love those. The collar. Like, I don't know what that collar is called with the so guy. Like, the, like, the Joe Pesci has. The it's, like, really colors, skinny. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, and the tie. Like, the way the tie comes out. It just looks so cool. Props to the costume people. If you have not guessed it, we're talking Casino from 95 by Martin Scorsese. And I'm Lauren here. I'm Mikey. And I mean, I guess you probably already know because we're just I mean, you already talking know about us. the movie. Yeah, I mean, you do, unless you don't, and you just love Casino, and you're listening for the first time. So if you are, hello, hi, please leave uh, a review if you like this podcast, and rate, subscribe, do all that jazz, sign up for the Patreon, we talk a whole bunch of shit over there. So yeah, I've gotten that out of the way. I don't have much to say because this is my very first time watching this movie, so Me I don't too. have many first impressions. Yeah. That's I mean, actually really funny because I think since you started this podcast, we have never, we've only had one other movie that neither of us have seen. And now I forget what it was. It was probably Freeway 2 and yes, Cruel yeah, Intentions yes. 2, yes. Um, which a lot of people loved when we did that kind of like revenge of the sequels, which we have other ones planned, but we actually have to do them. And we're prepping tonight because we're going to hang out later after we record this, but we're going to do Poison Ivy too, but Mikey has never seen Poison Ivy. So I'm going to bring the DVD over to your house because it is so fucking good. So we're going to do the second one. And I think what American Psycho 2, those would be the two good ones, which I've never seen. So With, uh, Mila Kunis. <laughs> yeah. And she's like the Patrick Bateman character. Yeah. She plays. Oh God. Is it, it's either her, like his niece or cousin. It runs in the family, I guess. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) because remember Dawson played his brother in Rules of Attraction. Oh my god, that's right. But yeah, there was was in the movie. I think because like on the Blu-ray, there was like a extended scene where he was talking on the phone. Mm -hmm, There is actual like theatrical version. There was no connection. There was a connection, but they never explained it because it just shows him talking on the phone, and then he just says like. I think it's when he uh, is talking to Ian Somerhalder. I forgot what his character's name is. And he calls on like the payphone in the dorm. And then he goes like, oh, uh," he's like, is this Patrick? And he's like, Patrick, who's Patrick? And he's like, never mind. What do you want? (laughs) So, but that's all they say. Like, but I think you're right. In the deleted scene, there actually is a conversation between him and Patrick Bateman. Yeah, because he's actually, Christian Bale is actually shown. uh, Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. That's right. He is okay. on the phone because it's yeah. supposed to. They also, also the other thing that didn't really tie it as well. If they wanted to really tie it into, it's only like a year or two apart. But Rules mm-hmm. of Attraction, the book, it takes place in the '80s, and that's not what they need, did for the movie. I still need to read that. And and speaking of, like, I, I didn't know Casino was a book too. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, mean, I didn't know anything. 
What, what, how do you say his name? Nicholas. Pileggi? Um, Nicholas Pelleggi. 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 Yeah, I'm not. I don't know Italian. Yeah, that's I'm not sure. Sounds Italian, you know. I mean. Pelleggi. Pelleggi. It's a cool fucking name. I wish I had a cool name. Me and Mario. Pelleggi. Oh my god, I can't. We can't even talk about Chris Pratt. I no. <laughs> I need Pedro Pascal to literally play him like in that SNL trailer. Oh, that needs God. to be a show, like or a movie. It really <laughs> like, does. Like it, I need it, to, I need this greenlit like now, like yesterday. Immediately, <laughs> yeah, immediately. I'm, I'm dying. I also have you started the Mandalorian yet? Oh, uh, the new one? No. Yeah, me either. You- Maybe we can start that tonight. There's only like one episode yeah. out. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, this this cast is really cool. It's uh, I only have a few, but I know there's a lot more. Um, Robert De Niro, Sharon Stone, Joe Pesci, who is just amazing in everything he does. I love uh, him. Yeah. James Woods, he creeps me out all the time in any kind of movie. He should. I he should. <laughs> he um, is like a kind of a, a nutty guy in real life. I I think he really is. Yeah. Don Rinkles, Frankie Avalon. <laughs> Don and- Rickles, <laughs> not Don Rinkles. Rinkles. Is it Rinkles? I think it's it's Rickles. It's Don okay. Rickles. I- <laughs> Oh, it's Rickles, not Wrinkles. Oh, R.I.P. Don Rickles. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. I I know that there's others. I just forgot to write them down. Um, but I Let's think those are like it. Main- your mother was no Sharon Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, need a fucking he was flashing up. shit all over town. <laughs> oh, can we talk about speaking of flashing shit all over town? Can we talk about this marketing campaign for Scream Six, where oh Ghostface God. is just in the background of all these like crazy surveillance photos and real people have gotten terrified who actually don't know what's going on and they're just like what the fuck why is there someone standing there i was like this is like blair witch level marketing like i like it like kind of rogue marketing i think it's cool i can't wait because it comes out this month like i think next week it comes out on like the 10th it's literally yeah. like a week from today. Yeah. Shit, you- buy those tickets now. That's just gonna fucking sell out. I want to see it yeah. like on Friday night. Like I want to you know see it with I like need- a packed theater. You know what? I need this movie to do. It kind of like in Scream Two, where um, <coughs> where oh, they went yeah. to the theater. It needs a yeah. it needs a costume. We need a co- like a costume like freebie that goes with like yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I'm really excited. I, at first I was kind of like, eh, but now I'm like, no, I'm actually excited because New York is going to be a cool location yeah. and it'll just be different. So I mean, it, I'm I mean, excited. I love the trailers and I know, I know a lot mm-hmm. of with other movies in the past, like the trailers are much better than the movie. So I hope mm-hmm. that's not the case, but I just have a really good feeling about this one. Yeah, I'm starting to have a really good feeling about it. And like you said, you really hope that Nev is like the first girl in the beginning that we just don't know yet because she's not going to tell you. Like, I will, I will stand up in the theater and scream, joy, tears of joy. Like, we'll I know, I think down. a lot of people would. And that would that would just make my night. I would be like, okay, if the rest of the movie sucks, okay, but like if that little part. In the beginning. Yeah, if we at least get her, that <laughs> yes. would be great. That would be so great. Good. Or if we even got, like, the fact that they did kind of a flashback with Billy, um, 
like I, I would love if it just got really like cheesy but cool and they do a flashback of like Drew Barrymore like in the wig and like the outfit like in the blood <laughs> like she was at the tree and be like don't listen to them I went outside too <laughs> like don't do it <laughs> or like some weird cheesy shit but like bring all the people back that died like bring Stu back and be like you thought I died because of that TV on my head but I didn't <laughs> like that is a theory you know please make it Stu. i would like die <laughs> i would cry cr- tears of joy if Stu ended up being ghostface in this one okay, but here, here's the thing like if it is Stu, right mm-hmm. why would he be after billy's daughter i don't know you know what i mean we come up with some like, bullshit team- wouldn't he want to, like, team up instead and be like, hey, come to the dark side? <laughs> As Randy says, there's always some stupid bullshit reason to kill Billy's daughter. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. And now we're in the millennium, so motives are incidental. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just let this theory run. I just want, I really want Stu to be the ghost face killer. Like, I'm going to put a poll on Instagram. Like, before seeing the movie, who would you really like for the killer to be a lot of people want it to be hayden hayden Pan- panettieri yeah that is a theory as well yeah it's another one <clears throat> excuse me that i've heard but or I make also... it Nev. make it fucking sydney like that would be nuts if it was actually like, sydney who was ghostface she's like, like she this <laughs> like they said in the bathroom like she finally snapped where do you get this shit oprah oh, yeah. <laughs> those two bitchy girls that was probably like one of the best scenes in the night in 90s tv movies i think it was so unexpected but it was so good another scene too actually that entire sequence because once she like runs out of the bathroom then she runs into billy and he's and she's like why are you bringing this up my mom died and he's like i mean shouldn't you just get over that i was like what (laughs) like get over that (laughs) coffin somewhere and he's like yeah and he's like oh stupid (laughs) i was like oh god okay we will stop talking about scream because we already have an episode on scream and maybe we have to do another one (laughs) before of all of our like assumptions what we think is gonna happen um but yeah what were so this was based on a book called casino love and honor in las vegas by yeah nicholas uh Pileggi, directed by martin scorsese and he also wrote the screenplay with this guy too that's right yeah so that's really cool. And this premiered November 22nd, 1995 over the Thanksgiving uh like holiday. I so mean there's nothing out. that says get together with family and watch a drug related gangster movie, you know. Gamble, gangster, <laughs> deaths in a vice. Like well, you know weird how, like, deaths. <laughs> you know how like if you really really make the turkey you know, put in the oven for like hours and hours, people go to the movies, right? And then yeah. they come back and everything like that. So this one is saying, put in your turkey in the oven and go gamble and take a bunch of drugs. <laughs> and, and then literally movie. take a bunch of drugs because this movie is three goddamn hours. <laughs> so I had, I, had, I, had, I had two things against me. I had to take pee breaks a lot of times. And then two, my peacock kept freezing. <laughs> oh, uh, Peacock is the streaming service that it's on. That is not a pun for God knows what. Just to be clear, Peacock, the streaming service. Yeah, the streaming service, (laughs) not anything else. People are like, 
degrees what <laughs> um yeah no it's on peacock right now <laughs> just to funny. clear the air there yeah um so what was and you said you hadn't seen this either right nope i've heard about but, it i've ski- seen like i don't know probably like five scorsese movies maybe six mm. Um, so this is the you... second one we're doing. We did Taxi Driver a long time ago. Oh, you and you and Charles? Me and Charles, yeah, yeah. I don't think oh, we've yeah. done any other ones. I don't. Are they other nineties? We haven't done Goodfellas yet, which I will do. Goodfellas, I own, um, nice. and I have to yeah. say, if I was going to compare the two, because they're similar in that mm-hmm. they're based in reality, but and yep. but the only thing about Goodfellas is Goodfellas has a bit more of a plot kind of sort of i was gonna i was gonna say like as uh, as crazy as this movie was like there was no real meat there was no plot in this one Scorsese says he said that yeah he said it's just action and action yeah but it's it's Mm. not plot it's kind of like i think that's what's really cool about scorsese movies unless he's actually doing like uh you know, the aviator or he's doing like a movie that has like a beginning, middle end. most of his things kind of feel like you're just dropped into this world. And he always has like narration a lot of times. So people are explaining like you're seeing it, but they're all explaining the backstory. Like this is this person, this is what they do. So then you're going to see them do what they do, but you don't really, there's no like, Oh, this, I mean, there's a mini plot. Like you kind of want to know, like, especially in this movie, for instance, like you see the car blow up in the beginning. So then you're mm-hmm. going like, oh shit, we want to know like, obviously something happened that they're trying to kill him and that he's died. So we think in the beginning. So like we're there trying to figure out what it is. And I think even when I got to like two hours and like 15 minutes or whatever that marker was, I still was like, wait, well, how does he get blown up in the car? Right. <laughs> like, cause he's just going, you know, one thing happens and it, then it's like a domestic situation with Ginger and she's taking the kid. I was like, well, Ginger's not going to kill him, is she? So there's a bit of a plot. You kind of try to figure out like what's going to happen. What's the end game I mean, here? Okay, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's a mini plot. Yeah, it's not like a, a heavy plot. But that's what I love about Scorsese. His shit's just very like, it's not departed as a plot. You know, clearly there's like a mole that you have to figure out who it is. You know, that's like the whole thing. You know, that that's but that's like another like I think that's based on a true story too, The Departed. Uh, um, I think so. That's another movie we have to do because I fucking love that movie. I love The Departed. I love Scorsese. It's cool, super cool. But yeah, I mean, this was my first watch. I I really like it. I think it's such a really cool visual film. Like, just style-wise, it just looks great. I feel like the story is not as interesting to me as Goodfellas. Yeah. Um, but it's just different. Like, Goodfellas is a, is more gangster. This is gangster, like, light. This is, like, Martin Scorsese gangster light, because it's there, but it's not, like, Goodfellas, you know, which is, like, way more of, like, a gangster movie, because you see him get mm-hmm. into the into the mafia, you see, like, the jobs they have to pull, like, you kind of see more, like, they're, like, killing people, and he has, like, that, De Niro's, like, the guy that Leota's, like, hanging with, so you kind of see, mm-hmm. like, he learns from him, it's not like that, it's, like, all of a sudden, it's just casino shit, really, and then, like, yeah, money, true. you know. I mean, yeah, I so do, cool. like, I do like how, like, Robert and Joe, like, narrates both mm-hmm. you know like they're both narrating on time and, and and at one point and they i feel like they missed the mark here is like they could have like talked over each other like had this like side conversation 
Oh yeah, you know they could I mean? have. But I guess I that, that wouldn't. Been. Yeah, that would have been really funny if they did that. I guess it wouldn't have yeah. worked for the story because they're they can't really say anything about the other in front of the other. So there's True. no place because yeah. they're explaining like this is uh, Nikki and like he does blah 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 blah. But like he's gonna tell you what he wouldn't say in front of him. Like he wouldn't say like this guy's a fucking hothead. Like he just pops off at any moment. Like he would be like, "What? What the fuck did you say?" Like how he does in Goodfellas. What do you mean I'm funny? <laughs> like funny? Like what? It it definitely gives me like Goodfellas meets like any of the Oceans movie, but like almost in a prequel kind of way. Yeah, yeah, like a heist, like a heist movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, God, how nuts! Who did Oceans Eleven? Who did those? Oh, uh, like who directed all those? Were they all done by the same person? Let's see. Oceans 8, 11's the first one, right? Like Doug Lyman or someone? Oh, Steven Soderbergh? Really? He did the first one? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think it would be him. Oceans 12, who did that? Oh, still Soderbergh. Wow. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. I like the last one with all the uh, with all the girls in there. Oh, I haven't seen that. I've only seen the very first one. I've never seen like 12, 13, and then like I want to see the original one with Frank Sinatra and uh, Dean yeah, Martin. I yeah, I want to see that. That sounds like it'd be really cool. Cool. Alrighty, well, let's move on to behind the scenes because there's a literal shit ton. <laughs> I know. You want to go first? A ton. Um, yeah, okay. My one note was before we get into this, because I didn't have any other place to put it, was that the cinematography was done by Robert Richardson. And mm. one of the things I noticed was that I love the way this movie looks. Like it has like this weird, like kind of like a hazy, dreamy kind of cast on it. Like mm. there's a filter that you can get called a ProMist filter for your camera that does this effect. But this uh, basically is done through like a cinematography effect. So I was like, who did it? So Robert Richardson, he works with Scorsese a lot. That This was the first movie that he did cinematography for. He also did Natural Born Killers, which also has the same kind of vibe. Like that's a little different because it's like kind of rooted in this weird, like trippy reality. Um, mm -hmm. And it's all like kind of, I don't know how to describe it. Kind of like uh, Fear and Loathing. Like it's done through like a kind of acid trip lens. A little bit but it still has the same kind of hazy quality to it which was the year before this movie uh he's done he did the doors with oliver stone he did both kill bills uh he does a lot with tarantino now he did django he did once upon a time in hollywood and inglorious bastards uh he also did world war z uh venom 2 which i still have to see yeah, you do. Um, so yeah, he does a lot of really cool shit. He's like a dope uh, cinematographer. So I just have to say That's that. Cool. Um, okay, so Rotten Tomatoes gives yeah. us a seventy nine for the critics, which is kind of low compared because it's Scorsese and he like kind of can't do any wrong. Uh, audience ninety three. So oh, wow. that makes more sense. Interesting. That's cool. The budget was fifty two million, which is a shit ton. Uh, I would think. And it was shot all in location in Vegas. I'm assuming like yeah. just to even like rent out. Uh, I forgot the Riviera, I think is where they shot some of it in like the middle of the night is where they would shoot on the floor. But that probably must cost so much money just to like close off because they make money. So you have to pay them oh, yeah. a lot, you know, like to, to do that. So that's cool. It made 116 million at the box office. That's awesome. 
So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, IMDb gives us an 8.2 out of 10. This is usually on those kind of, um, those lists of like top movies in the nineties you should see like top 100 movies in the nineties. This is always in there. I mean, it's a, mm. oh, it's wow. like a classic. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, so the only, like, I know you have a lot of notes, but my main note was that the fucking costume budget was $1 million. $1 million. Yeah. How insane and amazing because I, I mean, all the clothes are incredible. They're all custom. De Niro had 70 custom, um, outfits. Which yeah. is just, I mean, uh, the colors. Like, what, 40? He had 40, okay, yeah. She had 40, I no, he had 70. Yeah. She had, had 40, seven. I he think. Had 40, yeah. yeah. And they got to afterward. I was like, what? They fucked, like, what the fuck? I'm sorry, I was talking to Jai about this the other day, and I was like, oh, I love Robert De Niro. She's like, yeah, he was so hot. I was like, was? I was like, uh, I love Robert De Niro. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll yeah. take him now. <laughs> Uh, I mean, maybe. Really? I love him. Maybe. Just, I feel like he has, like, old guy swag. Like, he just, he has the same attitude that he's always had. Like, he's not any different. He seems really cool. And then another really interesting tidbit, because I watch watch What Happens Live, like, the Bravo yeah. show with Andy Cohen. So he had on Sarah Paulson and Sharon Stone, and mm. I forgot the other person. There were three people. It was during COVID, so they were all there on Zoom. Okay. And then the question yeah. was like, who's the best kisser uh, for Sharon and who's the worst? And then Sarah Paulson's like, ooh, are you going to answer that? <laughs> and, and Sharon's like, hmm. And she's like, the best is Robert De Niro. She's like, hands That's down. Cool. I. She's like, everything <laughs> since that has been like a massive, like, whatever. And, and they're all like, what? Really? She's like, I, uh, yes, I love him. He's such a great actor. She was like, I was in love with him like before even doing the movie with him she's like i just wanted to be an actress that was worthy to act with him she's like I i'm just like i love him so much she's like and he's so cool and like a great person but that was really funny and then and they're like oh really anyone else she's like no there is no one else it's always <laughs> de niro <laughs> it's like oh wow okay so so yeah Never. i like me some robert de niro <laughs> i think he's really i think he's really cool um yeah that's about like it i mean just like a lot of their combos were improvised which is mostly the same with a lot of scorsese movies and um yeah that, that's basically it i mean i have like small things but you have a lot i'm sure well no if you want to keep going i mean um i just have like let's see this was based on the stardust casino tangiers casino mm -hmm. didn't exist so that was pretty interesting and then also you just have like Sharon Stone was specifically chosen for this. And there I mean, were a I lot didn't... of people that were auditioning for it, including Michelle Pfeiffer, who was going to yeah. do it. But then she was like, no, it's too close to Scarface, which it is. It's almost oh, exactly yeah, that, bit, yeah. that like mm -hmm. character, like, you know, who doesn't love the guy, but she marries him anyway. And then they end up like yeah. doing drugs and kind of like going off the rails. It literally is the same character. So I'm glad that she didn't do it because you obviously don't want to be like typecast. Into I mean, doing I can, that. yeah, I was gonna say I can see her doing that because she's oh done yeah, it. yeah, and I think also Joe Pesci is the one who pushed for Sharon to be in this. That's awesome, which is really cool too. Uh, this was NC seventeen when they first uh, showed it to like the what do you call it the ratings people the like MPAA mm -hmm. and they had to take out some violent scenes in order to get an R rating, which is kind of yeah. cool. Um, and then I'm trying to think of what what 
De Niro, I guess Goodfellas was 91. So I guess that's the movie that he'd done with him before this, I think. Goodfellas, but, uh, yeah. 1990. Oh, 90. Okay. And then Cape Fear must have been before that, which is another movie we have to do because fucking I've De Niro is so hot in that. <gasps> yeah, you haven't? That. Oh my God, with Juliette Lewis. Oh. And oh my god, it's so good, and it's Jessica Lang. It's love, like, love, is it Jessica Lang? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's Jessica Lang. Oh my god, it's so good. He De Niro plays this like guy who just got out of jail, and he has like tattoos like all over, and he goes to like stalk the family of like the lawyer that put him in jail, who originally defended him, who like he lost the case, so he has like mm. a vendetta against him. Like, why the fuck was I in jail for this like crazy shit? And he's like convicted like rapist and everything. Oh, Uh-oh. it's so good. It it's so so good. Yeah, <laughs> we have to. Okay, so that was after Goodfellas then. So he did that with with Scorsese too. Oh, that's so cool. yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. That one has a plot. That one's like a not. That one has to be based on something already because it's not super scorsese like i think it's mm. a book i want to say i think that's like a book that they're sticking to but yeah oh, okay. that's basically it all i have that i wrote down i mean there there are a ton there there's a ton i only have a i, I only wrote down a little bit but like kind of like what you said <clears throat> excuse me the casino scenes were shot at the riviera between like one and one and four in the morning so as not to get in the way of like the real gamblers Mm-hmm. Although the casino didn't want the shoot to interrupt its business, uh, that didn't prevent it from uh, trying to lure more like people inside by putting up a large banner that said Robert De Niro, <laughs> Sharon Stone, and Joe Pesci filming in the new movie Casino Inside. So they were trying <laughs> to more people, um, which worked. Um, another uh, note I had was uh, this is Scorsese's. Uh... Oh. Scorsese said that his favorite shot in the film is the overhead shot of Sharon Stone at the craps table when she's throwing the chips in the air. Oh, it yeah. Is very, it is beautifully shot. It's be cool. Honest. And I think the camera's above it. So you see her <laughs> like throwing it. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, well, we were talking about uh, offline or actually in the beginning. The F word is said 435 times, including in the narration. Uh, <laughs> 2.4 ta- times per minute on average. Um, wow. The film held the record for the most uses of the word until the release of Summer of Sam in 1999. Um, Another film we also, have to do. Yeah, we do. Um, mm-hmm. Which also had a recorded 435 uses of the F word. Damn, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've only seen it once a long time ago, but I can't believe that had just as much. Right. That's um, funny. The record was later broken by The Wolf of Wall Street from 2013. Amazing oh, fucking movie. I love this movie. Ama- um, that, I love Wolf actually, of Wall Street. That's actually really long, too. It's almost like two hours and 45 minutes, I think. But That totally doesn't worked. feel like it, though. It that goes so fast. Yeah, you just... It, it, yeah, it never lets... It's also like Leo is so good. Like, that character so is just so good. out of his mind. <laughs> like, and, uh, what's the name that plays uh, Harley Quinn is in that? Um, oh, so- Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a stacked but, cast because you have like oh, so many whoa, people in that. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, the F word in that movie was used six hundred times. Damn, six hundred! Right? Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and then with this film, uh, Sharon Stone became the first person to win the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture uh, or Actress in a Best Motion Picture um, oh, without cool. being nominated, but without being nominated at the Screen Actors Guild Award. <laughs> Since its inception in '94, um, oh, yeah, the 
film was released five days after Scorsese's 53rd birthday. Oh, wow. And this marks the fourth out of five collaborations between Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. Yeah, they, um, they all work so well together. Yeah, the other movies are like Raging Bull, Once, a time, Once Upon a Time in America, Goodfellas, like we were talking about, and The Irishman. Oh, that's where The Irishman, yeah. Wait, Joe Pesci's not in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, no, no. This is Once Upon a Time in America, apparently from night. Oh, what's that? I have no idea. Oh, okay. It was it was in eighty it was in eighty four. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I haven't heard of that one. Cool. Um James Wood also James Woods also appears um alongside them in Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, okay. So they knew each other. Yeah. But that's all I have. Oh, that's cool. I mean, there's oh, cool. literally like there's a lot sixty of them on IMDb alone. Yeah, yeah. There's a ton. I was like, oh my god, how am I gonna do all this? But like I said before, there's so many, and we'll end up here all day <laughs> if we have just read them all out. <laughs> so yeah, cool. Also, I know you mentioned that Sharon won the Golden Globe for this role, and yeah. Martin Scorsese was nominated for director, but he didn't win that, and she was also yeah. nominated for an Oscar this year uh and she did not win it though susan for casino oh for um yeah uh, sharon was but susan sarandon won for dead man walking i never saw that either i saw it yeah it was good and then also to uh like segue into oscars is that look for me and charles's rewrite of the 90s (laughs) oscars and we're gonna like put in people that we thought should have been nominated should have won and just kind of like rewrite the main categories. So we're recording that this like, weekend. It should have been like Oprah. You get an Oscar. Everybody gets an Oscar. Just- <laughs> Not everyone, but I think we're there's some movies I think that the Academy just doesn't like. So if if we were hosting our own Oscars, like we would put in like uh, some people from you know like different different roles, you know, like mm-hmm. different movies. Like I would definitely give at least nominations. Like I have to really decide like who's going to actually win, but well, I would yeah. definitely give like Alicia Silverstone an Oscar for, or a, a nomination for Clueless. Oh like, God, yeah. She was just great. <laughs> okay. Like she just, yeah, she was just so good. She has like the voiceover and everything, which is great. But yeah, just some other people and like horror movies. Like, was the bulk for the craft. <laughs> yeah, uh, literally, I I was talking about this with Charles. I was like, no, all of them. Like, yeah. I think if in my real perfect world, I would create an ensemble Oscar like they have at the SAGs yes. when the yes. whole cast is like equally on film and there isn't really a lead actor. It's like almost like Tarantino when he has like so many people in it. You're like, well, they're all good. There really isn't yeah. like, one standout. They all do so well. So I would create one of those and I would definitely put the craft in that because I was like, how can I choose? I would definitely give it to I might even nominate Robin Tooney and um or Tunney. Is it Tunney now? I have no idea how to say her name. Is I, it, I don't know. I think I have it's to Tooney. look at a video of her saying it. <laughs> yeah, because I, right. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm like I don't know. Um, but I would definitely do that and make her like Nancy and Sarah like uh, oh, Oscar yeah. nominees oh, for sure. Cause they're the lead. Yeah, they're like the leads, but but yeah, it's just <laughs> it's really funny um but yeah it should be cool we're recording it this weekend so i'm trying to release it before the actual oscars which i believe are are ne- not not this sunday but next sunday next the 12th. Sunday, okay. yeah so oh, i'm nice. gonna try to release it like next week sometime just as a funsy 
a funsy episode, but you know Charles, he loves the Oscars. Oh, I am doing something on the twelfth. God damn it! Because I was gonna say we should like get together and have a oh Oscar meet. party. Yeah. Oh, you are. Oh. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going to a, a a drag event here in DC. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck this. What is what state is it? Is it Tennessee? They're like outlawing Tennessee. drag or something, or they're trying so to. It's, it's, the fuck. It's beyond uh, depressing. It's. But why? Mm-hmm. Like nothing's happened. Like why? Like, like just because right wing assholes are winning. <laughs> well, I hope not forever. I and hope it just, like it's, gets reversed. It's so, it's so sad. I mean, come on, drag queens don't hurt anybody. No. And, te- and technically, if you're a, I'm sorry for the straight people that I'm gonna like ream out, but like if you're a Uh-oh. straight person, if you're a straight person and you you make that individual decision to go to a bar where you know that there's going to be a drag show don't fucking complain well yeah why are you going if that's not your thing yeah and plus also if you're if you have a child going to same scenario and then you have you have flack to say about you can't you can't do that introducing my child no you're the one introducing your child yeah you brought your kid you know sorry yeah it's all up to different it's all up to like different parents and not to mention like i have not been to a ton of drag shows but i most of the shows that i've been to nothing besides maybe like a few jokes that may go over some kids head you know like if a kid was there i'm not obviously not like a really young kid but if a kid was there like nothing i've ever seen at a drag show has been like inappropriate there's never been like yeah. stripping there's never been like anything like that no no like exposure no one's making any like mimicking any like sex acts like nothing like that that would make you be like okay well that's like a strip club yeah obviously no you can't bring kids i don't even know if there's is there a law in the books that you can't bring a kid to a strip club maybe you can i mean i don't know um but like that's that is more questionable going to a fucking drag show like taking your kid to a strip club you know like your underage kid you know or something like that but a drag show like come on no and and honestly i mean some of these drag story times i don't know if you've heard about them yeah like, where they're about- that's cool they're reading stories that's, that's that's really cool and you and you see like pictures online with these kids faces just glowing and then yeah because it's cool it's, and the, these these groups what are they called proud boys or whatever they oh, go Jesus. to these and, like do yeah anti, they know, try to shut them down like it's fucking ridiculous don't you see the joy that these drag queens are bringing these kids like what nothing's ever happened not doing any harm (laughs) no and nothing's ever happened there's been no kind of like a parent and a kid who said something happened at the show where there's a big reason why and maybe even so that could be that one performer that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. the whole fucking thing has to be shut down if something did happen like what no so annoying and so so one one of the places that i go to uh crazy aunt helen's in um eastern market plug huh? plug yeah there's shameless. a plug yeah a plug. um it's a fantastic restaurant but they just uh found out that they're on this list of um of the proud boys of the, of the proud boys yeah oh shit so they like go, they're they haven't shown up there have they they not to my knowledge oh god but um but why think- would they if it's like 21 and over and this year of alcohol that everyone's a fucking adult 
So why are yeah. you coming in here and like trying to like there aren't kids here? If it's at night, no. they're like no kids there. What are you doing here? But I don't. I, so I don't think even kids are like the backbone of why. I think they're oh, just it's drag in them. general. They just don't yeah. want it happening even in front of adults. Yeah, but they are using the. I think they were originally using the don't do this to our kid as like a reason. But now it's become this, well, don't do it at all. Yeah, yeah. Now we don't want it at all. What the fuck? Yeah. <sighs> Lame. Sorry about it, guys. But like, Sorry about it. it. Yeah. I hope you're not a fan if you listen to this podcast because fuck <laughs> no, that. Right. And we're getting another one star review. That's all right. Please. Again, <laughs> please, yeah, I was gonna say it's the same person. Um, yeah. and if I like, no, I, I just, uh, I'm no, I won't say it. I'm just, it's cool. That's cool that you're a hater and you're probably listening to this now. So, yeah, enjoy. Sit and spin, loser. <laughs> loser. Um, okay, let's get into the fashion of this yes. whole entire fucking masterpiece. Rita Ryak and John Dunn are the costume people. They did Bravo. an amazing job with Robert and Sharon just alone. But as a, no. as a like, like I said, like I said earlier, like the necktie game on these on these guys, even in like the background, was very strong. Very so strong. strong. I have to say that I mean, no offense to the men's of the world, but yeah, <laughs> uh, girls a little bit different, but guys. The fashion on the general male scale has like declined since Very. the 70s because back in like the 40s, 50s, guys were like dressed. Like oh, you God, see yeah. photos, no one was ever casual. Like jeans were kind of not a thing. So casual wear was not a thing. It was like men wore suits. They, they at least wore like a sport coat, nice pants, and like a button down shirt. There were no t shirts and they had the hat. They had like a cool hat, you know? Um, and it's not that it's gone down, but it's just not as like sharp dressing. It's just more casual. So I love that this is takes place in the seventies. Cause you have this, like, he's still wearing the sport coats, but they're like flashy and like well, loud, it's, you know, it, it sounds like it's, right? it's like seventies, eighties. Yeah. I Isn't think it? It, the end of it's the eighties. Yeah. And it starts in the seventies. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's super cool. Um, so yeah. What are your, do you want me to go with some of my standouts? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Okay, so mine, I mean, I have a lot for Ginger, but for Sam, a.k.a. Ace, uh, mm. I love, like, the red and white in the very beginning when you see him walk into his car. Oh, it's yeah. just so bright. Everything is, like, pressed. He has, like, this bright yellow blazer on with, like, a navy shirt and, like, the pocket square. He just looks so dope. I also love that time, that time where he's, like, on the phone in his office and he, like, gets up and puts his pants on. Because a lot of guys, a lot of guys used to do that, so they wouldn't get creases in their pants. Yeah, so like, just like that kind of shit that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> you know, like they want to make sure they look good. Uh, didn't also that? Yeah, isn't also that like? Is it really true that that Prince Albert piercing was because of the pants line, or is that like a crazy urban legend that's just gone on i haven't heard that one actually oh well the the prince albert piercing yeah. like on guys penises for all those who don't know you can google it but not at work um and then it, it's like what happened was i think it's like queen victoria 
was it Victoria? Mm-hmm. I don't know which one it was because it's Prince Albert. I don't know which what wife he had, but I think it's Queen Victoria. But she wanted it because she wanted it because what it was is that you can see like the dick print in pants, like uh-huh. the way the pants were back then. So what it was is like that piercing. I think you tied a band to it so that it like eliminated that line, and it was almost like a garter. And that's what, like, guys would... That's why the piercing was invented. That's the story I've heard. I have no idea if it's true or not. It sounds kind of plausible, though. Yeah, I'm Googling no, 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 it. totally does. I'm Googling <laughs> it. Uh, would you ever, like, get one of oh, those? No. Oh, no, Wouldn't it no, get I fucking would. infected? I would... Well, I mean, anything could get fucking infected. Like, well, yeah. Because, like, my ears, like, when I got them pierced, like, they got infected at first. Um, yeah, I wonder, like... But, like, I would rather get a nose piercing or a nipple piercing versus a Prince Albert. Because, I mean, I mean that's a topic that we can discuss offline, but... Um, oh, wow, Wikipedia's got some really explicit photos. So, yeah, don't even, sure. <laughs> don't even search it. Uh, I'm looking... There's a reverse Prince Albert piercing. Okay, well, give me the fucking history. Okay, now it says the origin is unknown. This is what this is what um, it says. It says the origin is unknown. It, modern times was popularized by Jim Ward. Is he like a porn star? What is that? Oh, he's the okay. granddaddy of modern piercing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Be kind, rewind. What is a reverse Prince Albert? Um, a reverse. <laughs> Sorry for the detour, <laughs> but you know, for a little education minute, the reverse <laughs> Prince Albert piercing enters through the urethra and exits through a hole pierced in the top of the glands. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna fucking vomit. I can't. The healing can take from four weeks to six months. Okay, no, see, I would rather have a nose piercing or a nipple piercing because that shit. It's like, I feel like, it's like potential side effects. I'm like, yeah, well, whoever you're sleeping with, if that piercing's infected, you're like passing God knows what, like, to that person. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. And that condom doesn't work. Wouldn't it break? It's not, it's a ring. It's gonna, it's gonna like split through that. So how the fuck do you even do this? Like, well, that, I have so many questions. <laughs> I was going to say, but that's a cheap condom. Well, I mean, but wouldn't it? With, like, friction, it's a pretty big ring. I think so. yeah. With a ball on it. I, I would think, like, I have so many questions. If you actually have a Prince Albert <laughs> out there, then, like, hit us up. I want to know. What's the deal? Is it cool? Did it never get infected? Um, how did? Why did you get it? And people were thinking that they were coming to listen to a podcast about um, drugs and gambling. And gambling? I know, sorry. That was a super weird tangent, but that's all right. That's cool. Education minute. Back to fashion. Um, I just love, okay, well, there are a lot of outfits that I love with Ace. I love when he, at the bank, he has like a yellow jacket and the navy shirt. I wrote that one mm-hmm. already. He also has that aqua and gray suit, the one that he puts his pants on. And he has like the blue shoes that match the aqua shirt, which I think that. are cool. I love when he's in the desert doing that meetup. Like, obviously, that might have been shown in another film somewhere else. But when they did that desert meetup, I thought of Breaking Bad because um, mm-hmm. that's also in Breaking Bad but when they do that meetup he has these massive glasses they're like these huge like almost like coke bottle glasses that they're huge yes. and square and they're like look like an old man like he can barely see out of them like his eyes look all big <laughs> in them but they're funny they're cool and you see the reflection like in there but I think it's really cool I think it's neat 
Um, and then, okay, Ginger, you tell me your Ginger outfits because I don't want to take all of them. Oh, my Ginger outfits? Yeah, like what are some of your standouts? Mine are kind of mine are kind of all over, all over the place. Um, my first Ginger note is I'm getting there. Hold on. I had so um, many. I literally was just like this one and this one and this. I one. love the outfit when we first see her. Like I mm-hmm. love the Joker thing at the top of the dress. Yeah, the halter dress. The halter dress. Yeah, her that's hair, cool. her makeup, the boots, the purse. Everything about this is absolutely fabulous and giving me so much life. <laughs> and then they do her and then they do her dirty when they cut her hair and just oh, give her I know. We're not gonna talk about that. Um, Shake and go. <laughs> they give her like a party city wig. <laughs> I mean, the only thing after her like drastic change, if you will, um, was her oh my god, what is it with the little it's like a, a brown strappy, it has like all those tassels. Oh um, yeah, like yeah. Jacket thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was cool, but it was bland, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's like the fringe jacket. Fringe, Like yes. that suede. Yeah, that like mm-hmm. Western kind of suede. Yeah, thing, so yeah. that was the only thing after her like transformation, if you will, that was like popping out. Um, I think she but... had a cool outfit when she was in the trailer with Sammy. I think she had on like leather pants or something. And she had short oh, hair though. Yeah. I think she did. Yeah. That was but cool. then like her red outfit with the white mink stole. <sighs> um when she's so outside good. is to die for. Fucking oh my it. god. All of her furs. I mean, I don't like fur personally, but sorry, yeah, Peta out like, there, but like oh fur stuff. That's still yeah, you good. can. Yeah. Back then, no. And no, that no. fur budget was probably so high because furs are not cheap. Like they're they but can be like real. 30 grand. Really real, right? Oh, it has yeah. The chinchilla, yeah. If, a million dollar costume budget. Well, true. Yeah, they definitely bought like a real chinchilla. Those chinchilla coats are like, what are they like forty grand, fifty? Oh they're even. a lot. Let me see. Something like that. Chin- yeah, they're a lot. I think it's like the most expensive fur, or one of the most like it's like the really fancy ones. Yeah, um, and it sucks because they're so cute, chinchilla. Mm-hmm. Like chinchilla, the animals. Let's see um, how much is a chinchilla too. coat. Oh, they're not as much as I thought. Well, I guess it depends actually on the quality because one I see here is 70 grand and then another one I see oh, is like 16. So I guess it depends on like which the quality of the fur, I guess. A fucking fur coat. That's um, so crazy. Her green oh. and purple outfit with the green feather boa. I know. I wrote that one down too. Oh, did neon, you? I'm sorry. Do you that, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I love that one. The neon feather shawl. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, her black rhinestone cocktail dress with like the the feather the rhinestone feather uh not feathers flowers at the bottom yeah that was awesome that's so cool like and I I feel like that's rhinestone throughout like the black is rhinestone and the flowers are oh probably um everything's I like, her like custom huh? everything's custom so you know they took like you know all the time to make everything by hand um i liked her white uh rhinestone or glittery earrings with the white dice block at the oh, bottom oh yeah like a pendant oh. it's like a drop yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah those are cool that was like a 70s um, thing and those are and it's funny because like when she was wearing that outfit those are the first things you see and then the camera 
pans down to the white and gold stripe dress that is yeah. those earrings, basically. Yeah, like the sequin. Yeah, the sequin it's, dress. It's, it's, all of her outfits are jaw-dropping. I mean, They're just, so good. The one where they come off the plane and it's like an aqua like top yeah. and skirt set with the high mm-hmm. white boots. Like, oh, it's so good. It looks very Versace. And they both got to keep this stuff? Like, come on. Yeah, I didn't read that. They did. Like, what the fuck yeah. did they do with it? And Sharon Stone looks so amazing now that she can probably wear all that shit now. She's like, she, she's still that's that te- that teeny. And she's, what, like 50-something? Yeah, she's got to be, like, mid-50s. Because De Niro's yeah. a, a bit older. I mean, she I might like even be 60. Yeah, he's, he's, like, like older than my mom, I think. Yeah, he's, like, uh, 70, like, 8? Or something mm-hmm. like that. Let me see. Sharon Stone might be in her sixties because they weren't young when they did this. No. Um, oh, she's sixty-four. So oh, wow. yeah. Wow, she was yeah. like our. She was like about forty or like maybe a little bit younger than us when she did this, and he was like fifty. Because yeah, they're about but like ten are, years older. I mean, those are like my my standout outfits. I mean, that's a lot, but there's so many. For Ginger, there's so many. There's what what did we say? Oh yeah, she she has forty and he has like seventy. How the um, fuck do they get to keep it? Is it not like somewhere where we can see them, <laughs> like yeah, on like display? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there should be a a movie. They probably have one. Like I think L A probably has some vault that has like famous costumes worn by people. But also that gold dress that that gold dress that goes all the way up to her neck. I was reading yeah. that um, that one was 35 pounds and she got like a back injury. Like no a way. Back injury because it was so heavy, like 35 pounds for all those sequins. Yeah. Like it's just crazy heavy. So I was like, damn, the things they do, the things they right. do for What are, for what are your um, Sharon Stone uh, ginger notes? I love the outfit that she has. Also, the, another note from the costume director that I read too was that she purposefully made the outfits get as their lives got more chaotic the outfits got brighter and the outfits got more chaotic so hmm. that's why the the colors got bigger and things got you know bolder oh, because yeah that's cool that, that that was like the trajectory of it mm-hmm. i love the outfit even that she's wearing when you see that she died and it's like this oh, like yeah. like a dress but it's like a really cool pattern it looks like a poochie dress um, oh, okay. And it's it's really cool, very seventies, but it's I think in the eighties. I like that dress; it looks really cool. I love her, like I think it's like a she has on like a it looks like a multicolored like a headscarf, and then she has like a long it looks like a chiffon kind of bold print, um, like either a top or like a cape or something. And she has these high red boots; they're really cool. I'll post the behind the scenes photo. There's a cool photo of like all of them in Scorsese standing with them in the room. I also love their fucking house. Like it's so yeah, over the top and like the bed with the pink and the gold and like yeah. <laughs> the, the wallpaper is like really nuts. I think my mom's mom, my grandma, um, she had that same like wraparound couch in that pattern. Oh, wow. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's really, really cool. I love the, I, and I, I love, love the, the windy stairs. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, this also, I think a lot of people do for Halloween. 
Like, I mm. think uh, I've seen some outfits of people, like, when I just searched online of Halloween, like, guys wearing that, like, bright pink blazer and, like, a oh, girl yeah. wearing that, like, halter dress. So that's pretty cool. But, I mean, this whole movie, it, there's really no bad outfit. Mm-hmm. Like, all the outfits for De Niro and Pesci, all of those guys are custom. So those suits fit amazing. And like it's just... Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. I was like, it's just great. <laughs> it's just so great. No, I love Joe Pesci's like plum suit in the middle of the movie when he's like being escorted out of his house. Yeah. And the reporters are like flocking around him. It looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's like a great color for that overly um, makeup uh, complexion. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. It's like so fucking cool. I love it. This is like one of the best ever it's like one of the best fashion films ever so it's really cool um it's super cool i had um do you have any more like fashion notes um let's see not really i mean just like yeah i mean not really there's so many i mean i'll try to post as many as i can find but yeah there are a lot uh we can move on to music if you want sure there's cool music in this one too has very like i love the whole vibe of of vegas has this like big band like swing it's always Dean Martin. It's always Sinatra. It's always like, you know, those kind of guys. I mean, I love like the very first track that we hear as the audience is like, it's the Chicago Symphony Orchestra when he's getting into the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very called uh, it's, too. it's called St. Matthew Passion 244. I don't know. Put oh, that yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's good. So good. And, um, and then we get into like the whole Louis Prima in wet and uh, Las Vegas Zuma Zuma. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, okay. And we get like you're nobody till somebody loves you. That Dean Martin song. Yeah. yeah, I love that song. That's so. And good. then the um, what is it when? Oh, when Robert sees Sharon for the first time, the song "Love Is uh, Strange" by Mickey and Sylvia start playing. Oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't know what song that was. It's just, it's perfectly placed. Yeah, it is. I was going to say, like, I forgot to do the Shazam. Oh, yeah. I don't know what song it was, but I know the Rolling Stones is in there a few times. The Rolling Stones is, I don't, yeah, I think it's different tracks. Like, one is called Heart of Stone. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's, like, other ones. But then there was this, there's this other one. I forget where it's placed, but it's called um, I'm Your Hoochie Coochie Man. And by Muddy Waters, and I was like, "Oh, oh that's, that's funny. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a fu- what a funny name." Also, <laughs> unforgettable, uh, done by Dinah Washington. Yeah. yeah, I like that. And also, what a difference a day makes is Dinah Washington too. So good. And isn't it like Nights in White Satin? Isn't that in there? Isn't that like what song is that? Is it like Blue Oyster Cult or something? So bossy. Oh, Bossy. <laughs> the Moody Blues. Yeah, that's it. Nights in White. Oh, Satin. the Moody Blues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a fun guest. <laughs> it's it's my dog boss. <laughs> I know. He's bossy. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> cool. Alright, so what are your other music ones? Um, there's this there's a song called Hustlers by Calico 101. And I think Hustlers. that was in the I don't know what was it a strip club or whatever? Like the dancers were in the tubes. And oh, uh, was it a strip club? Maybe. And it had like the uh, the zebra print couches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So that's um, it's Vegas. That song, it probably was. That song was playing in there. Um, oh, cool! Actually, is I mean, I didn't put that. I mean, I didn't put that as a fashion note, but I feel like that should be a fashion scene note. Yeah. Oh, it totally. I did like the uh, zebra print because you don't really see that on furniture. You see that on on clothes. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, you do in like the '60s and '70s when things were kind of wild. Mm-hmm. I guess some people were making like weirder kind of like pattern furniture. Yeah. But that's about the only time. Yeah, it's still rare. It's oh. cool though. <laughs> Super cool. The Don't get weather. tired on me now. No. The cold weather is making me like It's so gross beyond. out today. It's, it's beyond like, gross. And it, it's supposed to rain until maybe I think one o'clock in the morning or something like that. I know, yeah. It's just gonna be like a rainy ass day. <laughs> Kinda sucks. Womp womp. Um, God. But do you do you have any more? Uh, no, not really more music ones. No. Okay. Uh, we can move on to favorite scenes and lines. Uh, going going down. I've got a couple, but um, if you want to go first. Okay, let's see. My first favorite like note is that I love how you see like the they kind of like Robert De Niro kind of explains like the ins and outs of casinos and like how mm-hmm. they work and how they have like the count room. I love all of that. And then you also see that um, it works like the casinos work with the Kansas city mob. Now I wondered if this was a real thing because in Ozark um, that show that was on Netflix, they're like money laundering and stuff for other people, but they decided to open a casino and that essentially the people who control that they're in like the Ozark. So they're near Kansas city, but it is the Kansas city mob. So I wonder if that's real and they actually do run like the gambling or at the time, because I think at the end they kind of talk about like, well, this person got sold this person, like now big corporations own everything and it's Mm -hmm. not like so mob run. Like it used to be, at least that's what they say in the story. I don't actually know the truth, but I I think that's kind of true because he's like, it's like Disneyland now. Like it's not like it used to be, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so I wonder if Kansas city mob is actually like in charge of casinos and like gaming licenses and like, you know, all that kind of shit. So maybe, um, my, the first like favorite scene that I have is when they fleece that Japanese businessman and they talk about how, how they like do all this shit. And then they're like, Oh, your plane, uh, is fucked up. And like, sorry, like, we have to like get you off this plane and then, Oh, the new one won't be ready. Well, you got to go back to the casino. Cause he won all this money. And essentially like, they're like, we always get our money back. Like if no one wins a lot and leaves with a lot, like they brought, they did this whole rigmarole just to like bring him back in the casino and then have him start betting his own money again. And then they just got their money back. So you just see how the house always wins, <laughs> which is yeah. crazy. And then also the, the quote that he says when he does this whole explanation, he says, the longer the play, the, the longer they play, the more they lose. Mm-hmm. So I like, I like I that. Like um, yeah. Like that quote, that might be the name of the, the episode. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's your first one? Um, my first one is uh, when back at the, the house scene when uh, Nikki's talking to uh, that one guy and he's like, I think in all fairness, I should explain to you exactly what is what is it that I do. For instance, tomorrow morning, I'll get up nice and early, take a walk down over to the bank and walk in and see. And if I don't have my money, if you don't have my money for me, I'll crack your fucking head wide open in front of everybody in the bank. <laughs> and just about that time, 
and I'm coming out of jail. Hopefully, you'll be coming out of your coma. And guess what? <laughs> I'll split your fucking head open again. <laughs> I'm yeah, I would stupid. not fuck with Joe Pesci. <laughs> no, and he's like, and then he's like, I'm fucking, because I'm fucking stupid. I don't give a fuck about jail. That's my business. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, he's like a fucking strong man. <laughs> and then, That's um, so funny. the, I, I forget what part this is. I think in the beginning where Nikki's like voicing over and he's like a lot of holes in the desert and a lot of problems are buried in those in those holes. Mm-hmm. But you got to you got to do it right. I mean, you got to have the hole already dug before you show up with the package and trunk. Yeah, otherwise, otherwise you're going to spend like 40 minutes like trying to dig this hole. Who's going to come along in that time? Pretty soon you got to dig a few more holes. You could be there all fucking night. <laughs> That's totally true. That's totally true. That's so funny. Um, and then there's, I guess that 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 one scene with the baker, and then and Ace is like, from now on, I want you to put an equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. In each muffin, yeah. And then and the he's like, like, how am I gonna do that? Take. He's like, I don't care. I, I don't care. Well, amount in each muffin. That's insane. <laughs> like that's so insane too. There's and, so many like really funny moments. No. Oh yeah. And then uh, my my last one is uh, when Nikki's like, I guess, walking out to his car with one of the like showgirls. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can always tell a great kitchen like ours because of the milk, milk fed veal. That's a secret. And he opens the door of the car, the passenger side and, uh, put, uh, you know, so the, the showgirl can go in. Mm-hmm. And he's like, See, milk fed veal is pure white out here. They got the pink veal slide over, honey. She slides over, he gets into the passenger seat and he closes the door. Oh, she gets in the passenger seat and closes the door. And then he's like, now, pink veal, you can pound that shit for two days and it'll never get tender. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god. So I'm funny. Like, <laughs> and so much was ad-libbed. Like, so much was not yeah. even written and it's probably just some random fucking thing he came up with, like... Because those kind of guys are just different. Like, those kind of guys, no one ever interrupts. You're too afraid to, even if they tell you something that makes no sense, you're just like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) Like, you're not going to say anything to them. You're not going to be like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Like, why did you make that face? You know, you don't want to do anything to make them pissed off. Like, I really wish I was, I mean, I know this is going to sound weird. I wish I was kind of born into, like, that a mob family or, like, an Italian family. Well, at least an Italian family because... I just, I love how they talk. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, this is like a, like a heightened, heightened version of it. But yeah, I mean, it is really funny. And yeah. I also, I think it's because both Pesci and De Niro are from New York. Yeah. So that's a very, like, just a New York attitude, just the way that they're that's acting. Cool. I don't know if they say in the story that they're from New York. I, oh, I don't know. Cool. Yeah, I don't think it's brought I mean, up, but they, they have that attitude. <laughs> The only thing, like, lo- not location, but when Joe, uh, when Joe Pesci's like, I think I'm gonna move down here. He doesn't say from where. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. maybe so we, K- no. I think it's KC. I think they're from Kansas City. Because it says back. Well, you know how on the screen it'll say back home. Like it just said, but it just said, yeah. But, but it I just, think it's it just said back home. I think it's Kansas City, though. It's not New York. Like, when they show oh. them, it's definitely not New York, because you'd be able to tell, yeah. even if yeah, it was definitely. a neighborhood. Yeah. I think it is Kansas City. Because they never actually... I think they might say Kansas City once, but I think that's... Because that's where Pesci's coming from. He's sent there 
by, uh, from oh. KC to watch Ace and watch this casino. But I think that's where he's coming from. Gotcha. That's where he meets all these people. Although in the end, when he meets in that field, it's in Illinois. So maybe Chicago? Because this is where like the mob is. It's, it's maybe Chicago. It could hmm. be. They could be moving there because that's north. It would be like moving down here. That would be like north. Oh, Potentially. Gotcha. Oh. Who knows? <clears throat> um, let's see. God, I have like a ton. Not a ton, yeah. but I love the episode episodes. I love yeah. the scenes where they're this could have been like a a series. It really could like have. just stretched it out and made it like a whole series. But um I love when they run down like just how things work and how things operate. They it's and Scorsese does this a lot. He does it in um he does it in a lot of his movies or more recent ones, because I know he does it in like Wolf of Wall Street where he's like, This is how we launder money, you know, and like Leo's like yeah. We go to Switzerland. We do da 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 da. Like he like explains it all, and I like when they do that to Ginger when you when you first meet Ginger, and he's like, "Well, Ginger is this kind of girl," and you see how she like hustles everyone, but she always tips like the valet people. Like she's got yeah. everybody kind of working for her, and then she's kind of working to help the casino make more money because she's really loud and crazy, and guys flock to her and they give her money and they you know do all this shit. So I like how you kind of see her personality and how she kind of owns this area she kind of owns vegas and she used to be a prostitute i think um for less for lester uh james woods who's like gross oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he's so, gross in virgin suicides that yeah, dad yeah. he's like oh weird God. like he seemed like a serial killer in virgin suicides like he had a very odd then both those parents were very weird but he had mm-hmm. a very odd like he was talking to the plants that day in like yeah. one of the scenes and i was like what the fuck's wrong with this dad like this dad is crazy but um but yeah so i like when you kind of run that down i love when that woman is smuggling diamonds in her hair and then she's like yeah yeah i got them all out there's more in there <laughs> there's more in there and there's one still in there and then he was like you keeping this from me what the fuck like i liked how the diamond that was kind of cool the just breaking that yeah just came out right like she was gonna take it that guy, them breaking that guy's hand with a hammer almost oh like God, took was... me out. I was like, ah! Now you and gotta like Christmas kid. <laughs> I know. I was like, when he kept asking, like, how do you do this? What do you, I was like, oh my God, he's gonna break the other hand. Yeah. He's gonna break the right hand. I was like, fuck. Uh, that has to hurt more than anything. Like oh a God. hammer. I can't imagine. Oh. And the vice, when he puts that guy's head in a fucking vice and oh squeezes God. it, and yeah. he's like, give me the name, give me the name. Uh, and his eye pops out. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, oh. But of course, that's, you know, that's what it is. That's just what it is. And that's how it goes. <laughs> I just wrote, uh, Robert De Niro looks so hot threatening that guy. <laughs> like, I really like that scene. Um, I, I love the quote, uh, are you making a fuck out of me? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's really cool. I um my other third favorite scene was when he fires that Nepo baby who's there oh, like just yeah. working uh-huh. because his dad or uncle is like something and he's like I don't give a shit. Fucking fire him. Like who cares? Get the fuck out of my face. I hate you. Blah blah blah. Like he's just the best firing. <laughs> like cuz this guy's like a dumbass. Like I like it. And like you can't do that. He's like the fuck I can. I can do whatever I want. Like why are you talking about this? Like he's not going to work here for me. I like that. <laughs> I like that. And also one of my favorite quotes from uh, Ginger is, I shouldn't have married him. He's a Gemini. (laughs) I love love that. I want to see if I can find that scene to clip it. 
It's just, yeah, it's just so good. And then I think my last one is that, like, one of the most famous scenes in the film, which I'm pretty sure is what got her her Oscar nomination, is when she, like, he throws her out of the house. And oh, yeah. it's almost like the same scene in Scarface. But in Scarface, uh, I think they're trying to have a baby in Scarface or like, or they want to, they don't have a child already. But the fact that like they're in a restaurant, I think in Scarface and, and you see Pacino like talking to, to Michelle Pfeiffer and she's just kind of like, she's not like Sharon Stone in this. She's very like, kind of like low key, but she like does all these drugs and he's like, look at you, you're a fucking junkie. No wonder like you can't have any children. Like he just has all this fucked up shit to her. And he's like, he's like coked out of his mind. He's, it's one, it's one like the whole restaurant's quiet because they like hear him talk, you know, like screaming at her. And he's like, da 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 da. It was like very reminiscent of that because, you know, she was like, give me my daughter. He's like, you're a fucking junkie. I'm not giving you the kid. There's no way you're going to, you're going to get this, blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. That scene where like he, like the daughter's uh like strapped up jesus like yeah she tied her up and then she's like what's the big deal the babysitter wasn't home i just needed it for a few hours anyway i was like wow for wow. once uh i'm not completely against de niro here <laughs> like right. i mean he, <laughs> yeah. she does not need to be with this this mom at all i mean yeah. he's not much better but he's not this you yeah. know he's not an addict and when she does coke in front of her kid Oh like God, when she yeah. runs off with Lester and then she's doing it in front of her and she's like, don't do this, honey. This is bad. <laughs> she's right. like, as she's there like snorting lines. I was right. like, fucking shit. And then just the whole like Nikki dying with his brother in that cornfield. That was rough. When yeah. they just like beat him up and he saw him and they, and they buried them alive. I was like, uh, that's Ooh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. That was really, really fucking crazy. But the whole movie is so cool. I mean, it's, it's it's just a cool story. It's got a it's not as like fast as Goodfellas. I feel like Goodfellas is another film that's like Wolf of Wall Street. It moves a oh, lot yeah. faster. Um so this yeah, does this move one, slower. Yeah, I don't I mean like I don't think I would ever watch it again. I may, but, but it is great to see. Everyone should see it. Yeah. Yeah, least. it's a great one. <laughs> it, it is yeah, at least once. Yeah, it is it is quite a uh, like an evening if you decide to watch it i think i watched it in two parts um because i was like it's another 90 minutes i've already don't, watched 90 don't make minutes plans turn off your phone <laughs> yeah right like go to the well now we can pause things which is good that you can like pause it and go to the bathroom or get snacks well, not yeah. like yeah not like it's on tv and you like have to do in the commercial breaks or whatever but so that's pretty cool but but yeah this is a great movie i mean i'm gonna give it like an eight out of ten like a solid eight out of ten the fashion at least five of those points um (laughs) basically it's like it's a great fashion film Mm -hmm. so i have to say if you like fashion then you should definitely watch this because it's just it's great it's a really 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 cool movie so yeah, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do next. I mean, we're going to have to do our sequel. So we're starting on that today where you're going to watch The Good Poison Ivy. And then we'll talk about <laughs> The, the Bad Poison, poison Ivy. Ivy. <laughs> yeah. Well, The Good One with Drew Barrymore. She also would have been a great Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin. <laughs> I feel like Drew, Drew Barrymore would have been good for that. But Uma Thurman was amazing. And justice for Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin because she needed her whole series. Um, she really did. I mean, it was just so, it was so camp. And so, like, what is it, as they say, like, high whore drag, essentially, is, like, totally what it was. Drag, yes. Yeah, high whore drag, yeah. Um, 
it's that's totally what it was it was like oh it was like may west and like a batman villain <laughs> was cool. come up and see me sometime <laughs> yeah it, was, it totally was like it was cool though but yeah you have any uh final thoughts um no <laughs> no i mean I robert really- de niro is hot he always will be that's my final thought and he's amazing <laughs> and so is sharon stone, sharon and, stone uh, i love her she's amazing even, even though even though they did her wrong with the shake and go wig i can forgive it they did yeah they did do her wrong um so yeah i hope you liked this episode full of scream theories ghost faced <laughs> prince albert piercing information but as a disclaimer we are not medical doctors so do not take our word for it that was wikipedia and don't look that up online if you're at work <laughs> do not it's not safe for work at all wait, but wait, wait till that five o'clock dinner bell and then you can yeah wait till you're on your own not even your work wi-fi wait till you're on your like home wi-fi because <laughs> they can still figure it out um but yeah until next time we're out of here bye bye